Radical. Welcome to this week's episode of the Print on Demand cast. Each week, join the gnarly Travis and Josiah as they provide insight into the print on demand industry and equip you with the totally tubular tools, advice, and strategies you need to achieve success and hopefully have a few laughs along the way. Now, on to this week's totally tubular show. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Print On Demand cast. Things looking a little bit different. Uh, Travis and I are recording on a Sunday, the Lord's Ooh. Day, uh, <laughs> or Sabbath. I guess it depends. There's there's some, which is Sabbath, Saturday, Sunday. I don't know. But it's a church day for Travis and I, typically. <laughs> but we wanted to uh, record this afternoon because we got some things coming up the first half of this week when we'd usually record and uh, we weren't able to. So we were dedicated to making it happen for you in the podcast multiverse. So Travis, how's it going, man? How's things over there at uh, Casa de Ross? Good, man. Doing, uh, having a nice uh, leisurely Sunday afternoon. Uh, got home from church and just hung out with the kids a little bit and had some dinner and then jumped on the podcast with you. Been um, Really enjoying the feedback we've gotten from uh, the episode with Juna last week and just the conversations we've had with him um, since the episode aired. He's just been so uh, communicative and like really um, wanting to help us with like SEO on the video and, you know, and just different things like that. It's been really cool to um, to connect with him more, really have a yeah. lot greater appreciation for what he's built, um, you know, in, on the social media side of things and yeah. watched a couple of his videos since we had the, uh, since we actually um, did the interview with him and um, man, what a, what a guy he, we were not kidding when we said he was spinning, spinning a lot of plates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was, it was incredible that he, you know, reached out after the episode aired and said, I loved listening to, the podcast what i didn't get to hear in the intro outro and hey here's mm-hmm. some some free tips try yeah. these keywords here's an idea and a lot of it is stuff that that you and i have talked about doing mm-hmm. and uh right. we, we've talked you know we're having another i guess it's an, another uh, just another reason we should just go to a brewery and hash out and strategize but it's a lot of what <laughs> uh we we had talked about but he was kind of reaffirming and confirming some of those things but then for him to just say hey Here's some keywords. Here's some this. Try that. Here's an idea. Mm-hmm. You know, if you guys follow us, uh, if you guys, you should be following us on the social medias. Uh, Instagram, <laughs> Instagram.com slash Demandcast and Facebook.com slash Demandcast or the mm-hmm. Facebook group uh, where, you know, we have a graphic that he actually sent us like, hey, here's an idea. He, you know, and it was a, something that he had said, uh, kind of a, a soundbite quote type thing in, in text mm-hmm. with his picture. And it was really, really well done. So he, I mean... I wish we could afford to just say, "Hey, man." Uh, so, just want to, you know, be our guy. But he, again, the How last much, thing he needs, Judah? yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the last thing he needs is another um, plate to spin. I feel like, mm-hmm. but uh, super, yeah. super, super, super appreciative of everything he did to uh, to help us out. And uh, yeah, he's he's the real deal, man. I, I really, really enjoyed being able to chat with him. Yeah. Speaking of social media. If you do follow us on Instagram, you might have seen something that I posted last Thursday <laughs> evening. Yeah. Uh, you may be wondering a little bit about what that is. Um, I wanted to ask, actually ask you, Josiah. So uh, basically what we did was on Thursday, we had our Christmas party or make your mark design Christmas party because obviously yes. we can't do it in December. And then and then in actually in um, in January, we were 
there was a lot of things going on. There was a couple of COVID cases and people had to isolate and all that. And so yeah. we, we pushed it forward. Uh, we were going to do it at the beginning of February and then we were going to bring Josiah on. And so that kicked it back a little. We finally did our Christmas thing <laughs> this last Thursday. So I wanted to ask you, Josiah, how was your first Christmas party at Make Your Mark Design? Man, it was fun. It was the first time that I have ever done an escape room. <laughs> um, I'd heard a lot about them. Uh, and mm -hmm. to be fair, I mean, the guys at, at rabbit hole, uh, was it rabbit hole entertainment or rabbit Re hole recreation yeah. recreation? Yes. Um, man, incredible job. I mean, yeah, it's very cool. coming from a theater background. I walk into that room and I'm like the set design here and the production and building all this stuff out. It, it was incredible. Mm -hmm. I was very, very impressed. Uh, um, but it was a lot of fun. Um, the girl that does the embroidery melody was, uh, the MVP. She crushed it. And she was like, she solved a good, uh, chunk of those, you know, puzzles and clues. Uh, yeah. And we survived. Uh, we escaped with we uh, escaped. three minutes to go. Uh, so it was in typical, you know, thriller fashion, uh, last <laughs> minute until we, you know, finally escaped the, I don't even remember the, the, the whole thing, but the everything, something was going to explode. Uh, <laughs> People were gonna die. Oh yeah, people li lives were on the line, yep. and uh, so yeah, we were able to save the world, uh, and uh, we escaped with with three minutes left to spare, and then we went to an eight at Verde, which is an, a Mexican restaurant in uh, Louisville. Great food, amazing yeah, tacos. Really good. Oh, yeah, that taco, those tacos were so good. Burritos great, but then downstairs there is a arcade called Tilt. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I actually learned why they named the name of the place Till. Did you know why they named it? No, I didn't. I tell, do tell. So so Zion, my nephew, who works at Verde, uh, the restaurant, he's a bartender there, was telling me that the reason they called it that is, of course, pinball machines are meant to be moved, right? Right. right. Um, when you're playing them. But if you move it too much, it warns you. And if you don't listen to the warning, it actually says you're on tilt. I, the only reason I'm covering my head is because it's like I come from a different generation. I played pinball. I know all about what a tilt is. I thought you were going to tell us some profound story about why no. they specifically named it tilt. But no. no, you just told us that pinball machines can tilt. And everyone that's over 40 in our – like, yeah, no, duh. What? Josiah, come on. Yeah. Well, uh, again, I guess that's a natural segue to – the majority of the night, Travis saying analog versus digital as he beat his son <laughs> at air hockey. <laughs> That's right. Go analog. And uh, <laughs> and speaking of air hockey, the picture that or the video that was taken of me, I can't remember if it was a picture or a video. Maybe it was a picture. A little bit of a uh, video. Uh, of me. That was me playing air hockey against, yeah. uh, you know, my, it was actually my wife's cousin who was there. Um, but uh, yeah, I, you know, uh, you, it's it's all about the stance in air hockey. You gotta really, you know, brace yourself. And it was, yeah. it, I, and and you know, I have lost a game of air hockey in my life, so I'm very uh, competitive when it comes to the game of uh, um, air hockey. I try to think of a clever name for air hockey, but there is nothing. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was a good time, man. I, I had a blast, and of course, yeah. you know, you and I were the last and grace also hung out till, mm -hmm. till the end. So uh, it was, it was a good time. It was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was, it was a good, good fun time. We've been uh, 
blathering on and on about all of our stuff. Let's actually get into the show this week yes, and talk about it. talk about some print on demand stuff. But first, oh, yep. But you first, you know what time it is. It's it's time for the weekly dad joke. Time for the weekly dad joke. You bet it is. Yes. Well, the other week we told kind of that off-color joke about how, you know, um, <laughs> I was building sandcastles with my grandfather right. and then my mother took away the urn. Well, that kind of got me thinking about my own actual impending demise. You know, that's not, not impending. It's like not going to happen tomorrow or whatever. But like, eventually it's yeah. kind of impending when you think of like the whole of time. Sure. Um, <laughs> Really we are, you know, way to start the show. We're all right. going to die. We're all going to die. So, I'm, <laughs> as I'm thinking about this, you know, in light of, you know, my history and my grandfather's urn and all of that, I thought that when I finally do pass on, I was thinking about it. I think what I'd like to do is have my ashes stored in a glass urn. You know what I mean? Like so a glass, glass. urn. Okay. Yeah. I. I mean, I'm not. I'm not a hundred percent sure that's the way i'll go but you know remains to be seen and that's this week's weekly dad joke that's hilarious uh <laughs> i yeah. like it it would yeah and it tied in nicely we talked yeah. about that just kind of full circle uh yeah. so yes as always you can use that and um you know i just also real quick fiona uh is probably our friend in australia friend of the show uh, who apparently listens to these things multiples of times. Uh, let us know if you get to use that dad joke. Uh, yes, please do. On, on your friends and family and all of you listening, you're always welcome to do that and let us know of the groans and eye rolls that you receive. So with that being said, we're going to move right into this week's point of interest. So beautiful. Beautiful. If you're not watching the video version on Spotify or YouTube, our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Print on Demand Cast, where you can, of course, subscribe, uh, you need to go watch that one because mm -hmm. it, uh, it was moving. It was emotional. Wipe, wiping tears from my eyes. Yes. So be sure to check out that video version of that beautiful, beautiful rendition of the Point of Interest ballad. So, Travis, what is happening in the world of POD that is interesting? Well, um, there are a lot of things that are happening in the world of POD that are interesting. What one that caught my eye uh, was the fact that on March 8th, Printful is doing a pretty con like substantial price increase. Now, they haven't done you know a ton of these, um, at least not lately, but um, it was announced that they are doing a a pr price increase, and yeah. uh, it's a, it's a global increase. Um, it would seem that, you know, this is kind of par for the course because a few weeks ago um, I got an email for Printify and it was basically an, uh, showing all of their vendor or their suppliers from their platform. Sure. And it was like kind of a, it was a link to a chart that showed all of the different vendors and like what they were going to and like the different um, uh, increases, like what it was now and what it would be. So yeah. it's both 
Printify and now Printful on March 8th is going to be increasing um, their prices. And while they're doing this, um, they were they realized that there were a couple of pricing things that they had mis made mistakes on, like some variations sure. that weren't exactly right. And so they're using this as, um, as an opportunity to kind of clean some of that up um, and simultaneously revisiting some shipping prices, which yeah. obviously has gone up substantially as you know the we've talked about on the show before usps raising their prices ups fedex everybody yeah. seems to be kind of in this um you know we're all in this together we're all in kind of this inflationary period of time yeah. where prices are going up and so um of course printful couldn't um could stay the same um we are going through a a, a cost of goods analysis and our of, of our yeah. own at our company we're going to be raising our prices um it's just kind of i i received a second um a second email from jds who's a main supplier uh of our mugs coffee mugs and we do a lot of yeah. coffee mugs and so um they have i think at one point i was paying right around a dollar a dollar five for coffee mugs um 11 ounce coffee mugs just for the mug it's gone all the way up i think it's a dollar 24 dollar 23 dollar 24 which wow. doesn't sound like a lot but when you sure. put a percentage to that um and you extrapolate that amongst all of your other costs and all of your other suppliers um it really takes a lot out of your bottom line when you sell thousands yeah. of you know pieces of uh, merchandise every year. Yeah. Um, and so you have to, you have to really look at your business, um, and figure out where you're going to recoup that. And unfortunately you can try to absorb it and cut costs in other areas, but at some point it gets so large that you just have to re, you know, yeah, you have to just, yeah pass it on to, to the customer basically. And, uh, exactly. there, there's a link that we're going to put in the show notes. If you're watching the video version, you can see here, I'm just scrolling through, uh, Printful's uh, kind of web page announcing what they're doing, what's mm -hmm. happening, why it's necessary, learn more about industry changes. And then they kind of have uh, a list here of stuff that mm -hmm. they're changing the price on. You can scroll through and see exactly. You can drop those down too and see like what they have charged and what they are charging, which yeah. is kind of nice. It's, it's, it's very yep. helpful, I think. Yep. Yeah. So if you're using Printful, um, I think it's something that you could definitely, you know, it would be worth your while to obviously educate yourself and, and find out what's what's happening. If you haven't already gotten an email, if you are using Printful um, as any kind of uh, fulfillment provider, but like Travis said, it's, it's definitely par for the course. Um, it's, it's mm -hmm. everywhere and everything. I can tell you that um, I, I was joking with my, with, uh, with Madeline the other day, because my, my dad, was notorious for just wanting to go out to eat, right? He, mm. they never cooked at home. And I would always tell him and my mom, like, listen, it's cheaper if you buy groceries, like just <laughs> cook at home. But now is it <laughs> you know, <it's> just like <laughs> everywhere? So he would have been thrilled to know, like, it's the same price. I'm just going to keep going out to eat. Uh, but um, so yeah, it's everywhere and it is, it's just um, it's par for the course, but definitely educate yourself. And we've talked about pricing before in past episodes. One is it time mm -hmm. to change your pricing. Uh, and it gets to the point where when there's such substantial increases, it's time to raise your pricing because yeah. you were in this to make money too. That's the whole point. Or at least that's what they say. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, any, anything else on, on this, uh, Travis, before we move on? No, it's a, I mean, it's a pretty quick little, 
point of interest. It's basically just one more way for us to remind you, really take a look at your, you know, your bottom line, um, you know, in your business, because um, I don't care what you're selling. It's probably more expensive right now than it was a year ago or two years ago. So just, just pay attention to that. Um, And this is one good place to start. You can kind of get an idea of what other you know, print on demand companies are, are charging and, yeah. and increasing, like what percentage they're increasing. And you can kind of uh, use that as maybe at least one more piece of data for yourself and your business and how you want to handle that um, to make sure that you're not losing money at the end of the year instead of making money. Yeah. Yep. 100%. So that is this week's point of interest. And we don't usually do this, but because the bumper is so beautiful, it's going to play us out of this segment too. You're welcome. Wow. Now, if you aren't watching uh, the video, that actually was done live. I sang all of those parts live and Josiah Uh uh, played the piano on that whole thing. Yeah. This one um, right here. See? Yeah. See? We just yeah. did that. And uh, so, if you're not watching live, you won't know if I'm lying to you or not. So. Yeah. Treat for the eyes and the ears uh, here on the Print on Demand cast. <laughs> so uh, if if you haven't had enough bumpers uh, this episode, uh, here's your next fill because we're going to the main event. Ladies and gentlemen, the main event. All right. Travis has since bemoaned the fact that I missed the mark on that video bumper. Uh, I thought it was like a boxing intro. He was going for Ed Sullivan Beatles. But, yeah. you know, okay. there can be, uh, there's, other, there's other versions that can be done. It's it's sure. completely it's completely fluid. So this week's main event, Travis, something that I don't know that we've talked about necessarily before on the show, which is shocking, actually, given what it is uh, and and the amount of time you and I have both spent in this industry. So, uh, so the main event we're going to talk about today, if you can't tell from the episode title, as you're listening or watching, this is how to handle upset customers. Uh, it's going to happen. I've always said I've worked in customer service and in sales, both retail or inside sales or whatever, whatever you want to call it uh, for the majority of my life, uh, my professional life at least. And so I've always said that the the best part about a, this kind of job is the, the customers and the worst part about the job is the customers. Mm-hmm. And it is, yeah, you can't live with them. It literally is. You can't live with them. You can't live without them because they are the ones that buy your product. But there's also things and times where it can be kind of stressful to have to handle and navigate right. when they're upset. So you've, you've heard the, the idiom before, the customer is always right. And my question to you, Travis, is... Are they? <laughs> well, yes and no. <laughs> yes. Um, nice. How's that for a political Ambiguous answer? answer for you? <laughs> <laughs> it really, it really is a slippery slope because, um, I mean, so, so for example, Amazon has taken the stance. What um, I wouldn't say their mantra is the customer is always right. I would say yeah. their mantra is the customer is always first. Mm-hmm. 
And so sure. whether or not the customer's right is irrelevant to Amazon. And I would say that in today's um, e-commerce, well, in today's retail environment in general, or just commerce yeah. environment, Amazon's kind of taken the lead and really changed the um, the way customers feel about the way they're getting served to a I am always entitled, <laughs> you know, as a customer. I and 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 you probably can relate to this in some ways because even though you know, like on in one in one sense, as I'm when I'm the uh, the business owner and and I have an angry customer or whatever, or I have mm -hmm. a customer that's being, you know, in my mind just ridiculous with their demands or their wants or whatever, I can be very like in my mind, very critical towards that customer and be like, that is so ridiculous. I can't believe this customer's being like this. I'm a human too. Right. But then in the same week I can get, you know, I can be expecting something from my mechanic or from, you know, at a fast food place <laughs> I'm eating at and just go be just irate that they're not serving me with the, yeah. you know, the, you know, the way I should be treated and all of sure, that. So sure. we both have been on both sides of the counter, so to yes. speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and and I think that Amazon's really gotten this whole the customer is always first ingrained into our um into at least in the Amer in America, it, it's it's really been ingrained into our psyche so much that you kind of have to adopt that as a business owner. Yeah. Um so I would say that the customer. Like I said, I think the customers all needs to be first and you need to do everything yeah. in your power to appease them, to help them come to a conclusion or come to a place where they're okay with the resolution, whatever that resolution is. Sure. At no, least I, to the best of your ability. Sure. I like that. Um, I like that rephrasing, right? The customer is always first. So hmm. regardless of if they are right necessarily they should come first because again like we like we stated in, in the very outset of this whole topic they're your bread and butter they're the ones that are going to keep buying from you or not keep buying from you right yeah um so there, there's also this tendency to uh develop something that that you've coined i've never heard this before but you wrote it in, <laughs> in the show notes sheep disease which yeah which is to say that you know Sometimes you get, and you, you learn this in the, why don't you, you learn this in the context of ministry when you're a full-time pastor. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, tell, tell us a little bit about sheep disease. What is, what is that? So um, I actually heard about this from my pastor when I was uh, in my first ministry position um, as a youth leader and worship leader in, um, in Kansas when I was there. And uh, my pastor, my boss at the time, because I was on staff, he talked about sheep disease. And, and, and basically the idea is that, um, you know, as pastors and as leaders in a church, we're supposed to be helping these people, you know, with deal with their problems and their frustrations. And, and a lot of times um, they can be uh, they can have un unrealistic expectations or, or expect, you know, from the pastorate stuff that we just you know, we're human. We can't really we can't solve all of their problems. They have to participate in that. And so there can be some frustration that creeps in as sure. a pastor because we're yeah. human. And, and what my pastor referred to that as was sheep disease because you get bit by the sheep <laughs> <laughs> so many times that it, you get sheep disease. And then what can happen is that resentment can creep in 
And yeah. all of a sudden you don't want to help them. You're just frustrated and you're just angry all the time. And it's not yeah. pretty. I mean, obviously think about that in, in a context of a church. That's really, really ugly. But that's exactly the same relationship or, or very similar type of relationship. Right. Um, you might not be helping them with their spiritual you know, uh, things in, in your business, but you're helping them with a, a, a specific transaction or a specific right. problem that they have. And you don't want to get sheep disease. Um, or if you do, you need to quickly remedy that by going, Hey, all customers are not created equal. And some are going to be <laughs> more of a problem than others, sure. but I'm going to go into each situation with an open mind that, you know, not all customers are idiots. You right. know what I mean? Right. And, and I go back to that whole, you've been on both sides of the counter thing, um, you know, because I have been on the other side of the counter and I'm sure yeah. that people that have dealt with me as a customer has said, have thought the same thoughts, man, this guy has unrealistic expectations. He's an yeah. idiot. Yeah. <laughs> and so I can have a lot more grace for my customers because I've been in their shoes. Sure. And I think we need to remember that, um, you know, particularly in the pastorate, <laughs> but yeah. beyond, you know, but for this, for this podcast uh, purposes, specifically as a business owner, and when you're hand, you're dealing with customers, you got to put yourself in their shoes. Um, yeah. They're expecting a service and, and you need to deliver that to them. Even, even yeah. when you don't want to, it's yeah. your job. That's literally yeah. your job. <laughs> 100%. So there's usually, uh, oh, there might be more, but for the sake of this episode and this topic, uh, we, we've narrowed down four main reasons that they are upset, right? Mm -hmm. So the first is uh, usually probably the most common, I would say, uh, because of a mistake you or your vendor made, which is then a direct reflection on you and your company. We've we talked about this offline, Travis, where if someone gets something in the mail that they bought from Amazon, they don't know or delineate the fact that it didn't come from Amazon. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like yeah, in the yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In, the, in the customer's mind, it's it's all Amazon. They don't know that you're a third party seller, they don't know that you made it yourself in a shop and you're uh, you know, a small business and you're supporting your family. They don't know that because they're just disconnected from that reality. Or right? you outsourced it to another company sure. that did it for you and then right. shipped it. They have no right. idea. So if, it, if it's Primful's mistake, it's your mistake, right? Right. Because, uh, again, the customer doesn't know the chain of, of command or the wh whose hands it goes in, in, in and out of. All they know is they bought it and then they got it in the mail. Um, so the second reason that they – might be upset is because of a mistake somebody else made like mm -hmm. USPS, which in Q4 <laughs> is real. It's a, it's a real thing. Par for the course, my friend. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the third reason that uh, they might be upset is because they had unrealistic expectations. Uh, so, and we'll kind of get to um, how you solve them and how you can prevent some of these after we kind of just name the four of them. So the fourth one would be because they misread the listing or a mistake on their end, which is rare, still happens. I can tell you from experience, people don't read things. Uh, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You, even in, in the church world and conferences that I've been a part of and, and, you know, events that I've helped, you know, been on staff for, you can clearly mark whatever you want in any kind of sign ever. And people will <laughs> still ask the question, 
still yep. miss the, the message and still not follow whatever guideline you put in front of them. They just don't read. So right. it's rare, but it does happen. So Travis, let's it, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say it, it is rare. Like this particular thing, usually if you have a customer that's upset, it's one of those first three things. However, that fourth thing um, that they kind of screwed up on. That's the one as the business owner, we always go to, we're that's like, Oh, what did, yeah. you, what did you, <laughs> what did you screw up this time? Let me read through your complaint here. And then we realize halfway through, Oh, that was us, you know, yeah. but that's kind of our default, unfortunately, <laughs> um, because those ones, those are the ones that like leave the bad taste in our mouth for the customers right. and, right. and can give you that sheep disease that I was talking about. That's all I wanted to mention. Yeah. About yeah, yeah. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about what you can or should do about each of these scenarios and we'll go in reverse. So, um, let's start with four. Okay. Okay. Misread the listing or there was a mistake on their end. In my opinion, I don't know that I necessarily offer to resend or, or do like buyer's remorse type stuff. Like, Hey, I, mm -hmm. I thought I would like the green, but I liked the red instead. Or, Hey, I accidentally, you know, I thought I would fit an extra large, but it turns out I'm a large and that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. I'm, I, you know, if I'm in a good mood that day, you know what I mean? Like, okay, yeah, maybe, <laughs> Hey man, we'll give here's a discount code or, Hey, here's this. Or I'd love to help you. But most of the time, in my opinion, it's like, well, you're, you're welcome to, to make a, another purchase, especially if it's a buyer's yeah. remorse thing. Uh, I'm not yeah. as inclined to, to bend over backwards to correct that particular instance. Yeah. But one of the things that you said right there is great because, you know, it's like, while it's not necessarily my responsibility that you didn't see that you were getting a shirt that, you know, had black text and you bought it on Navy, you know, <laughs> or whatever. First of all, honestly, that's my fault. You know, I shouldn't yeah. have put that black text. Yeah. Shirt that Navy happened, but I'll tell you what, there's, there's been clients, there's clients that we still fulfill for mm. that happens. The yeah. like one of the DTG, I think uh, your DTG, our DTG tech came up to me and was like, Hey, this is Navy, this is black lettering. What do I do? And I said, You send it. I mean, they bought it, <laughs> and like they, they, they know. And, and in a lot of cases, with our particular situation, it could be that they even set up the store and created yes. the mock up for that yep. product, yeah, exactly. and chose Navy Blue <laughs> <laughs> as the shirt to put it on. So, yeah, so yeah, you send it in a lot of cases, but. So the customer gets it. And uh, the thing that you said was like, hey, yes, you know, I'm so sorry that you didn't see that you ordered a navy blue. Um, while we don't take returns for buyer's remorse, I would love to offer you a 20% off code if you'd like to repurchase something from our sure. store. Yeah. Um, and and that's that's that goes back to that whole thing where you really want to try to resolve all four of these issues in a way that's palatable for both you and your customer, sure. um, you know, in, in any way you can. And, and, and it's, it's not necessarily possible in every circumstance, right. but that's a great example of something that you can do. It really doesn't hurt you that bad that, you know, you want to keep that customer um, satisfied. The other thing I will say is it's very channel dependent. So on Etsy, sure. they can leave you a bad review. And, and so you want to make sure that they're okay with that 20% off um, because they could choose to say, blah, 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 blah didn't get any good customer service. And what are you going to do about that? You're just going to have right. a bad review on your Etsy store on right. Amazon. They can just return it. <laughs> they don't even have to ask you if they don't want yeah. to. We'll have to, we'll um, have to show the, the listeners, the uh, wall of return mugs you have. 
Oh my god! In the front room of our of our office, yeah, <laughs> from Amazon returns. Yeah, but and then you have you know you have the Shopify thing where uh, I mean there's other channels, but like you know Shopify, um, you really kind of set the tone for that. Um, sure. And however you want to do that, you know. Yeah, so. there, there's no there's no for lack of a better term like oversight or hierarchy about that that might have a, a higher consequence if you don't necessarily do something on Shopify as right. opposed to Amazon or Etsy. And in some of these instances, you, you're putting your account at risk for not correcting right. the issue, right? Um, <clears throat> one thing I'll say too about that 20%, you know, offering a discount code is there. there's a high probability that if you go above and beyond in that way, like Travis said, it doesn't cost you that much, doesn't really hurt you as much. Um, but you go above and beyond, you offer them a discount you could that 20% could buy you not only a repeat customer, but referrals for whatever, yeah. whatever friends those that that person has, uh, they're going to send them your direction because of how you handled something that was their mistake. So you could think of, think about it like that too. If you're like, why would I give them 20% off? Well, you could, it could be a, a form of marketing mm -hmm. really, uh, that yeah. they get, you get word of mouth referrals, uh, from something like that happening. The one other thing I'll say about, about that particular issue um, is um, I will encourage you to be very, very good in writing or find somebody who is very good in written communication. Yeah. Because yeah. what you want to do, your goal in this particular situation is express remorse, mm -hmm. but also communicate that it's their fault without right. making them feel bad that it's yeah, their fault. It's their fault. <laughs> and offering them some type of resolution yes. that really doesn't give them everything they want. Right. But they need to feel good about it. Yeah. They still feel like they, they, <laughs> still feel like they tall, came away with a win. Task. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a tall task. So you really need to massage your words. And, and, you know, I use, um, I have some scripts and, and things like that, that I've put together, but I'll go in and I'll tweak them as I go along. And I'm like, that, yeah. now that I reread that, that doesn't sound quite as, you know, <laughs> flowery or whatever right. um, as I want it to. So I'll tweak it. And I've, I probably tweaked it four or five times, you know, sending the same type of email, um, yeah. you know, where it's like, Oh, that's so sad. Buyer's remorse. You did a wrong thing, but that's okay. I mean, I don't say it like that, <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's it like the things that you have to communicate in this situation are kind of, you know, they can make someone go on yeah. the defensive yeah. and then you have an up, upset customer and 20% right. ain't going to buy them buy their piece. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I think that it's a good delineation, right? The difference between disappointed and upset. You can have a yeah. disappointed customer because they're disappointed didn't fit, it was the wrong color, the text doesn't look good. You have a lot of uh power to determine the outcome of whether the mm -hmm. disappointed customer becomes an upset customer because that's right. different. Um you can good manage disappointment. You are going to have a harder time uh, putting out the fire if they're upset. And a lot of the times the way you communicate and how you react can determine what that customer ends up being. Um, I, I would say too, I think this kind of the same kind of thing goes along with the unrealistic ex expectations, right? Right. Um, where you can f make it flowery, like, Hey, I'm sorry that that's what you thought it was or, or, you know, mm -hmm. and, and or I can't believe, I can't believe this thing didn't get here. You know, sure. you said, Before, you yeah. said three days of handling yep. and it wasn't here in three days. Yeah. Well, it's actually, it's three days handling plus the ship. Sorry. Sure. You know, sure. same yep. type of, yeah. 
yep. email massaging. <laughs> yep, 100%. So that, I mean, and uh, like we're going to get to, you know, later on how you can prevent some of these things, but I, I feel like the way you respond or what you should do for unrealistic expectations and a mistake on there are pretty closely related. Um, so for the second one, working in reverse, because of mistakes somebody else made. In that scenario, Travis, you know, USPS, delivery, it arrives, damaged, theft, you know, so on and so forth. What what are you what is your inclination in that particular instance? Yeah, I, I feel like I used to be a lot more um um make I would make more excuses and and not sure. own it. Um, you know, I would say, Hey, the post office and we can't control it. I'm so sorry. And try to get away with that. And that's just not good business. So I, I don't do that anymore. I'm, you know, in my mind, um, I'm, I need to make sure that the customer gets the product, um, intact. Um, you know, I mean, cause you could say if it's broken, like if it's a mug and it's broken, that's really my fault. I didn't pack it good enough sure. to withstand, you know, the post office treating it like a football in their back <laughs> warehouse room, um, which they might, it, they which might. they might, you know, it's particularly during Christmas, you know, a lot of things get thrown around yeah. a lot more. Yep. Um, so you could say that's my fault, but you know, Hey, uh, I I've had, you know, two day FedEx orders that, you know, FedEx says we couldn't find the address. And then the customer's like, Hey, this never showed up, blah, blah, blah. Um, well, was this the address? Yes, that's the address. And I would literally get it back. And I'm like, well, that's the address. And they get mail there all the time. What's, <laughs> you know, all right, I guess I got to refund this whole thing, you know, yeah. because FedEx couldn't, you know, find this address or whatever. So yes, I, I take responsibility for those types of things. There's a lot of kind of porch pirating is, is a new mm -hmm. thing. Um, I, I do see that. Um, I see those things. I have a template specifically for, you know, Hey, it says it's delivered. You didn't get it. Um, here's a list of things to check. And we've talked about this on other episodes. Um, but ultimately if, if they ask, I will resend that item or I will refund right. it. Right. Um, you know, once I've, once I've at least presented them with some options that they can take to maybe find it, um, or maybe help the post office find, or maybe help sure. them like actually knock on their neighbor's door and say, Hey, did you see a package? Oh yeah, we took it in. We did it. Blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. and that does happen. You know, things do get delivered to the, I get, you know, here at my house, I get wrong mail all the time and I take it to my neighbors, but it might be four or five days. And so, you know, yeah, customer gets sure. a, Hey, it's received and I don't get it. You know, I, I don't know where it is. It's literally in my cut in my neighbor's, you know, foyer waiting for an opportune <laughs> moment for him to walk it over to me or whatever. Sure. That happens. So that, that email correspondence can give time for them to actually uh, get it, you know, and, and, right. and, and then I never hear from him again. And um, I'm assuming they got it or, you know, or whatever. And I don't, I didn't send it unnecessarily, but sure. in the end, if I need to, I will replace a refund. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that that's pretty, you know, uh, par for the course as far as, you know, what we did about for apparel too. It's like, yeah, yeah, I lost you. I can't find it. It's lost or, or what have you. We, we would just, even though it's not our fault, we would just own it, eat it and resend it. I mean, as much mm -hmm. as it sucked that we didn't really have a, a hand in it yeah. and not Getting there necessarily, but uh, so for this last one, uh, of course, because of a mistake that you or your vendor made, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say my number one piece of advice for this, if you're listening, if this happens, own it. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, start there. Yep. <laughs> We've talked a lot right. about, um, you know, not, not passing the buck, but I mean, you'll get so much further I've found with, with customers and you can, you can help safeguard them from going from disappointed to upset if you just say, hey, that's on us, that should have never left the shop, that should have never left the warehouse, yep. even if you didn't make it, even if it's a printful product that that yeah. went to them, you still say that because the truth is it shouldn't have left the, pro- that the warehouse right. if it isn't printed or manufactured correctly. So just saying up front, hey, that, that is on us. We are so sorry. I will address this issue with the production team and just mm-hmm. let everyone, you know, keep make everyone aware you know, we will do the best of our abilities to not make, to, to make sure this does not happen again, that we're going to resend you one, you know, and then you just own it instead of saying, well, you know, human error, you know, it happens. We're humans like that kind of stuff uh, isn't going to get you sorry, uh, not very, sorry. very far. Yeah. Like, Oh man, that sucks. But you know, Hey, our, our DTG person's new or, you know, whatever yeah. you have to just own that. Because again, we've talked about, the various consequences across platforms. If you don't own it on Amazon, then the customer can go and make a claim. And you now on your Amazon account are uh, in jeopardy of losing it entirely on Etsy. Uh, Mm -hmm. You, the customer will leave a review. They will make sure that everyone that hits your shop, here's the tale of the time that they ordered something from you. It showed up defective and you refuse to take responsibility for it on Shopify. As we've said, you're not as policed, but that's not how you want to do business. At least that's not how I hope you would want to do business, even if you have no other authority over having oversight of how you handle these situations. Um, It's it's just not a good look to try and pass the buck on something that was legitimately your mistake. Yeah, I totally Totally agree. I had a I had another point. I couldn't I, I can't remember what it was, but um oh I was just gonna say, um, you know, you a lot of a lot of threads I see on like the Facebooks and the you know and the different um, Etsy and Amazon stores, and they're like, make sure you get a picture before you do any type of refund or whatever. And that's nice. And and sometimes I I do ask, you know, say, hey, can I get a picture so I can show it to our production team or whatever? Sure. Um, but I'm not going to require that to resend it um, because of the fact that I don't believe that there's as many bad apples as we on the other <laughs> of the business owners think there are. Yeah. I really don't think there are. There are some. There are some bad actors that game the system, um, and you probably you probably will run into one at some point if you haven't already. Yeah. But I think that percentage is so low, you know, people just want what they paid for and they paid for something and you said you'd get it to them. So get it to them one way yeah. or the other. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's really the bottom line. Like you said, just, just own it. Um, there was, oh, there was one other thing. I can't remember. That's okay. We can keep moving <laughs> well, on. Though. Yeah. Well, I, it's, it's kind of like, you know, it kind of does come down to, like you said, a fundamental world view of, Mm-hmm. not being nihilistic in the fact that you think everyone's just lying and wants to screw you. Right. Everyone's, everyone's bad. The majority of people are good people. And like yeah. you said, they just want the product that they purchased and they want it to look like the picture that they mm-hmm. saw on the site when yeah. they purchased the product. So yeah. to that point, 
you have an experience just in the last couple of days that mm-hmm. an instance like this has come up. Yeah. And it's actually um, happened this weekend. I literally, it was yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> I um, saw an email um, from a client that um, I, I don't care. It was actually your wife. <laughs> so, yeah, I was, was going to say, I don't know why you're trying to <laughs> throw her name. Like, <laughs> um, so, so as everybody knows, you know, we're now taking over the fulfillment that was what, what for apparel. And so now we're taking on um, making some of these home decor signs. And in doing this, we've realized that we don't, we have a much, much, more efficient way to produce these signs using UV technology versus using DTG technology, which is what, what for, what for did. Um, and so, uh, we, we had some materials, we didn't have a bunch of materials. We had done some testing, testing went great. We were like, okay, we're good. We're ready to go. Um, and so we sent out some of our, some of those orders that were kind of in the transition. Um, we're still waiting on some other, other things to come in so we can fulfill the rest of those orders. Um, but we had some kind of left over from what for apparel that they gave us to fulfill those orders. So sent out some stuff, got an email back from Madeline, Josiah's wife, uh, saying, here's a picture. This, this customer just sent me this, it's all peeling and it doesn't look good. And it's like, yeah. I mean, it looked bad. It was really yeah. ugly. And it, like the, the print part was peeling up and I'm like, Oh my gosh, how did this happen? So I immediately, as soon as I saw it, I was like, Oh my gosh, I, I owned it. I said, Madeline, please tell the customer this, that we are, you know, so sorry. We will get a new one out. We'll fix this immediately. It's a new print process, um, that, that we're, we're, um, we're still trying to perfect. Uh, we had no idea it would do this, but, but we will send a new one out early next week. As soon as we get the materials, um, I'm so sorry. Um, and then just between me and you, Madeline, this is kind of what I think it might be. And I copied my production manager, my Tate, and I copied yeah. Josiah on it since Josiah's, you know, the husband. And, uh, <laughs> but he's, you know, I mean, just, I wanted to get everybody in the loop and be like, Hey guys, what do you think happened here? Um, so we could talk about it. And I think ultimately what happened was, was because we did the test and we realized that, I mean, this is probably oversharing, but uh, because we did the test and we, we had, um, we didn't have to use any primer on it for the, the sample that we made. And it, yeah. I actually showed it on a video, I think last week or the week before it looks great. It's been in my office. No, nothing's peeling off of that image. Yeah. It looks great. looks fantastic. I think what happened is because we didn't use any primer, um, the existing sign that he put in this thing, he didn't, he didn't even wipe it off. And I think it probably had dust on it from sure. being in the old warehouse. And so it was just an oversight. We we're like, oh, well, we just print them. We just we don't have to do anything. Yeah, we just set them in, in the thing. <laughs> and I think it printed on, you know, uh, some dust, and then it peeled afterwards. So that's my yeah. first guess, and we'll we'll kind of go from there. But my the point of this whole podcast is like, um, you know, I I kind of put my money where my mouth is. I owned it and said, this is what I did, and we're so sorry. Yeah. We will get a new one out. And it turns out that she just wants a refund. So we're going to, you know, obviously refund Madeline. She won't have to pay sure. for that. She won't have to pay for the shipping. Sure. We own that completely because we want to make sure Madeline's our customer and we want right. to make sure that she looks good to her customer, um, right. you know, in the same way that we want her to feel good about the way we do business as well. Right. Yep. 100%. So, fun story. I mean, yeah, long long story short is you just have to own those instances. And there and there's right. some, you know, some some things 
requires some follow-up, right? You can, you, you know, it, let's say the customer wanted a replacement sign. You'd get that out. You'd send the customer new tracking. You'd follow up in mm-hmm. a couple of days. Say, hey, I just want to make sure you got that sign. Everything looked good. You know, Madeline would, would, would do that kind of follow-up as well, just making sure everything was was uh, as expected that for, for the replacement product. So there are some times that follow-up is needed, and it's just good customer service. Like, hey, hope, yeah. hope you got that shirt, even if it's, you know, oh, I wanted the green or I hate the way black ink looks on Navy shirt or whatever. And you offer them the 20% discount, they cash it in just to follow up and say, hey, uh, I want to make sure everything's going. You got that shirt. Okay, whatever. It just goes a long way in in the eyes of the customer because not everyone takes that initiative, right? So I want to talk a little bit about – how you can kind of prevent or kind of hedge your bets a little bit. Yeah. Because basically in, in the words of Smokey Bear, only you can prevent wildfires. Fire. Only you can prevent wildfires. So uh what what can you do? And people are driving like, what is wrong with these guys? Um <laughs> <laughs> so what can you do to provide bad customer experience? Uh, provide? Think... You said provide bad customer experience. Did I really? I didn't say prevent. Yes, yes that's. Well, I hope that's not Freudian because you work for me. No, <laughs> uh, no, that's a that's a teaser. Uh, one day when we have the, a paywall, we'll do that episode. How do you provide? You have to pay for those. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, how to prevent bad there customer you go. service? Is what I want to say. Um, I think part of it, you know, we talked about unrealistic expectations uh, from the customer. One of the reasons they're being upset. One of the caveats to that is, did you manage their expectations? Right. Right. Check your listing descriptions. We've talked about this. Make sure that the the description says that the shirt is what it is. If it's a heavy, you know, Gildan five thousand ultra cotton shirt, don't tell them it's a Bella and canvas shirt that's going to be ring spun, whatever. Don't do that. Um, so just make sure that the, the mock-ups are correct. Make sure that the descriptions are good. Let them know how long everything is going to take uh, from from soup to nuts, right? You said right. three days. Well, no, it's three days handling and then plus the shipping, remember, like, more like five to ten. So make sure all of that is accounted for in your descriptions, right? So mm-hmm. Travis, what's another thing that people can do, people listening, uh, to to prevent a bad customer experience? Yeah, I think one of the things, I mean, you mentioned it just a minute ago, like following up after you, after they've had a bad customer experience and you've remedied it, um, having some type of thing in your system that automatically um, kind of prompts you to send them that tracking or um, you know, send in that follow-up email. One of the things that we do is, you know, when I, when we send that replacement, um, we'll say, Hey, this replacement will go out, blah, blah, blah. Um, if you, ha- and, and I put it back on them a lot of times, if you haven't heard from me by this date, email me back so I can get you tracking because I won't have tracking for another day. And I don't want to forget if it's important to them that they have new tracking, they can email me back and then I can quickly look it up. Um, when we do a replacement, we use the original order number um, for, for the new order number. And then we do dash replacement. So it's order number dash. So I can still look it up in ShipStation 
with the same order number and I'll have two orders. One will have the original that got lost or was damaged or whatever. And then I'll have the dash replacement that I can also see and I'll have tracking for that. Um, so, you know, having systems like that, that just kind of help you remember to do some of those um, housekeeping things after right. the replacement's gone out will be helpful for you. Yeah. 100%. So, uh, you know, Travis, you haven't, you saw, you mentioned an interesting statistic as well when it comes to customer communication. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Sh share that with, with everybody. Just so, I mean, statistically speaking, what do you expect? Yeah. I mean, so the, the bottom line is that, um, Avoid um, it's avoid cheap disease by realizing um, that ninety five percent of your customer communication, when customers communicate to you, it's going to be negative. They're not going to tell you when they're satisfied. You know, right. Right. <laughs> they're not they? going to tell you when they're <laughs> super excited about the gift they got. You know, it, it, no, right? They paid for something and they got it, and they're done. That's it for right. them. Right. They're only going to tell you when something's, you know, negative. And so if you can keep that in the back of your mind, it can help you, like I say, avoid that sheep disease where it's like all customers are bad. All customers have problems and all customers, they don't know what they're talking about. They don't know what they're doing. They always screw things up. No, because 95% of your customers are never even contacting you and they're fine and they've gone about their lives, right. uh, you know, and, and they're happy customers. They just don't express it. It's very rare that somebody expresses, you know, it's, it's, you've probably heard this, like how many times do you go to a restaurant and if you have a good experience, you maybe tell your best friends or whatever, but if sure. you have a really, really bad experience, you tell everybody, oh my gosh, I went to this restaurant. It was horrible. Oh my gosh. It. They did this. They did this. They did this. And I opened up Yelp and I, yeah, exactly. I, you know, <laughs> you do all the things, uh, you know, yeah. but it's, so just having that real, uh, realization in the back of your mind can help you. Um, maintain a healthy relationship with your customers because without them, guess what? You don't have a business. You have nothing. You, have nothing. <laughs> you get nothing. I have to be able to find that soundbite <laughs> because uh, it is completely accurate, but you're 100% correct. I mean, I feel like it's that way with a lot of things uh, in life in culture, you know, Mm -hmm. New, you don't see good things on the news because it doesn't sell ratings, right? It's not, it mm -hmm. doesn't grab your attention. It's not sensationalized, but turns out there's lots of good in the world, lots of good people in the world, but you wouldn't yep. know that if you just consumed Fox, CNN, ABC, CBS, all of these news channels. So <laughs> right. uh, just know, like Travis said, the majority of people you won't hear from when they have a good job. You know, I, I just as a side story, an interaction I had this morning, we did, we did shirts for the church I attend uh, and for their kids event they had last weekend. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I saw the kids director this morning and she was like, those shirts were amazing. And I want, I want, can I order more? How many can I order? All the kids want one. How many can I get? And I'm like, yeah, let's talk this week. So there are instances where, especially if you're doing stuff locally internet, you're not always going to hear cause it's right. kind of, they just move on with their life. But there are those instances where you are able to hear like, Hey, these turned out great. We're so excited. So that's not, we're not trying to say that you're never going to get positive feedback, but the odds are that when you do get feedback, it's mm -hmm. not going to be uh, the best. Right? Particularly when it comes to e-commerce. Yes, particularly. Yeah. yeah. 100%. So Travis, anything else on this before we uh, put a bow on it, wrap it up? Oh, I think, I think we said it all, you know, just treating your customers um, 
the way you would want to be treated. It's kind of that golden rule thing, you know? Yes. Um, and I, I think if you do that, uh, it'll be good for your business because like we just said, without those customers, you, you don't, you don't have business. There is no, no. commerce without somebody willing to buy from you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's how it works. It turns out mm -hmm. that's uh, an integral part of the whole business model. Uh, so as always, folks, thank you so much for tuning in and for listening. Please join the Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash print on demand cast. You can also like the page, facebook.com slash print on demand cast. We are on Instagram now. Uh, you can go see my ridiculous air hockey stance. Uh, perhaps <laughs> I will uh, delve into the strategies of air hockey someday on any of these various channels. Instagram.com slash print on demand cast. We have a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash print on demand cast. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification button because subscriptions don't mean a whole lot on YouTube. So if you hit the notification button, you'll be notified every time a video is up and you'll never miss any piece of content from us on that platform. If you have any questions, you can reach us, reach out to us on any of those platforms I just mentioned, or you can e email us info at printondemandcast.com. And as always, wherever there are podcasts, the POD cast is there for you. Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor.fm. I don't know, is Napster a thing? If it is, we're probably there. Uh, so, uh, but if you're listening on the podcast app, uh, Apple podcast app, rather, you can leave us a five-star review. Let us know what you think of the show, your favorite dad joke. Uh, what you'd like to hear, your favorite guest, anything we love hearing from you guys. And if you leave us one, we'll shout you out here on the show. And you can also rate us on Spotify in the podcast feed. There's a little thing on the top. Just give us a star rating. No comments are allowed at the moment, but it means a lot to us. So uh, as always, uh, Travis, anything else in nope. before we go home? You're good to go. I'm so, good to go. We are good to go. <laughs> so for Travis, I'm Josiah, and we'll see you right here next time on the Print On Demand cast. See ya. Hey, babe. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Print On Demand cast. We hope you enjoyed the Totally Tubular show. If you've got a question or a suggestion for the show, send Travis and Josiah an email at info at printondemandcast.com. Want to be wicked nice? Take a minute to rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. And don't forget to subscribe now so you don't miss next week's episode. See you next time for sure.